Hey guys, and welcome to today's episode of Recovery Talk. So today we are talking about periods. And before starting, I just wanted to say something very important. And that is that not everybody with an eating disorder loses their period. Also, not everyone with an eating disorder have a period to begin with, right? An eating disorder does not only happen to young cisgender women and girls, okay? And let's also remember that there are people who menstruate who are not girls and women. This is also why I use gender-neutral language when talking about periods. So, amongst those who do normally menstruate and have an eating disorder, not everyone loses their period. And the reason why this is so important for me to get forward is that I see a lot of people with eating disorders assuming that just because they have their period, that means that they're fine, right? They're not really that sick. The truth is, everybody is different. Everybody is affected differently by an eating disorder. I know people who've been literally on their deathbeds with an eating disorder, severely undernourished, underweight, very, very physically, somatically sick, and still had their periods. And also, what a lot of people don't know is that you can actually technically menstruate without actually being fertile and ovulating. This is called an anovulatory cycle. This is quite common in people with eating disorders where, you know, they have their bleedings, but they don't actually ovulate, meaning that they are not actually fertile. So it's kind of like, yeah, they have the periods, but also not really, (laughs) just to put it very simply. And then there is also some people who are on, you know, birth control pills or some form of contraception that gives a bleeding. This is not really a period per se. So there are people with eating disorders who think that, oh, I'm fine, I haven't lost my period. Well, you're on birth control pills. Of course, you're not going to lose your period. You're going to still have a bleeding, but that's not really like a period period, you know? And then there also are people with eating disorders who still have their periods and are fully fertile and functional. That does not mean that they don't have an eating disorder or that they are just fine, right? The eating disorder has this insidious tendency of constantly trying to convince you that it doesn't exist. And the reason why the eating disorder does this is so that it can stay overdue. Because you can't really get rid of something that isn't even there, right? So it is this way of tricking you. An eating disorder manifests so different in people. There are some people who, for instance, they don't experience that much hair loss. Their hair is looking fine and healthy. And then there are other people who know, for instance, who don't really struggle that much with exercise. I was one of those people. And, you know, that doesn't mean that they don't have an eating disorder, right? It's just eating disorders are eating disorders. Note the name eating disorders. It is not necessarily a period disorder, an exercise disorder, a hair loss disorder. These are just some, you know, side effects that happen to some, but not all people. The same goes with weight, you know, not everyone with an eating disorder is underweight, you know. Uh, Again, it's called an eating disorder, not a weight disorder. 
So if you are someone who don't menstruate, you know, it could be because you're not assigned female at birth. It could mean because you are past the age of menstruation. Or maybe even you have a health condition that means you don't menstruate that is completely unrelated to an eating disorder. Then you might not find this episode super helpful, but you might still want to listen to kind of learn a bit. And if you are someone who have perfectly normal menstrual cycles and your eating disorder does not affect your period and you are, you know, fertile, ovulating, all of this, then, I mean, also it might not be that interesting to you this this episode, but you also might still want to, you know, listen and learn. But yeah, I just wanted to start with this because I see so many people who don't struggle with the period parts of an eating disorder and therefore feel quite, you know alienated in the conversation and like oh okay and let's not also forget that for a lot of people who do lose their period they might experience getting their period back before they are fully mentally slash physically recovered did i already say everybody's different every body is different yeah i probably said that but can never say too much So first of all, I know that a question that I'm going to get now is how do you know if you have an anovulatory cycle, meaning that you have menstrual bleedings, but you are not actually ovulating? And the truth is, I'm not your gynecologist. I can't tell you for sure, but there are some indicators of ovulation. So one indicator of ovulation, and this is a little TMI, is that you notice this slimy kind of like egg whitey discharge and you notice an increase in that is that discharge you know it can sometimes feel almost like a big slimy clump (laughs) again I know we're going TMI here but let's go for it you can also google how this looks like you know google signs of ovulation and just see the visual pictures of how it looks like Another sign of ovulation that some but not everyone has is that they can actually kind of feel it in their ovaries when they're ovulating. It's kind of like a period pain but like more brief and usually not as intense even though it can be kind of painful. Uh, You can kind of feel like almost like a little, what can I say, like a sharp pain in your ovaries or one ovary to be more specific. Other people might experience an increase in sex drive. You may also notice an increase in body temperature or that your breasts feel more tender. And now let's talk a bit more about period loss. So if you are someone who have lost your period due to an eating disorder, this bit could be quite helpful. So our bodies are quite smart. When there is too little energy coming in, certain other functions have to go. So this is, for instance, why a lot of people with eating disorders, when they're restricting, they might notice that they feel quite cold, might notice hair loss, and also some loses their period because the body just doesn't have enough energy to keep things going in that area. And this is actually a survival mechanism. You know, I think we spend a lot of time beating our bodies up for how it reacts when we are engaging in self-imposed starvation, but it is actually our bodies desperately trying to keep us alive. The body is basically sensing, oh, there is not enough energy coming in. And also, oh, there is not a safe environment right now to get pregnant and carry a child because there is clearly a famine going on. So let's just not do that right now. 
So the first thing I kind of want you to do is to be gentle with your body here. Don't be mad at it for, you know, not having periods. It is literally just trying to keep you alive. The key is that you need to show your body that it can trust you. You need to show your body that there is a sufficient amount of energy coming in consistently. When it comes to getting back your period after an eating disorder, there is actually like a bit of a a triad or triology of things that need to be done. Basically three key things that needs to be sorted. Three boxes that need to be ticked. And again, I do want to say that some people do get their period back before these boxes are ticked. But I'm talking to you if, you know, you are someone who don't have your period and you're wondering, what do I do? I'm going to offer some more practical steps and things to look at. So what are these three boxes? What is this triad? The first one is weight restoration. And also, very importantly, body fat. Because there are some people who might have a... Their weight might be quite fine, but they are just ripped from body fat. And body fat is an essential hormone-producing organ. And also, you might be at a healthy BMI clinically, but are you at a healthy weight for your body? Because every body is different. We all have a different optimal set point weight range. So when I say weight restoration, I don't necessarily mean getting to a very specific BMI number. I mean getting to your body's natural set point weight range. This is box number one. Box number two is calorie intake. You need to eat more. And also very importantly, you need to make sure that you're also getting enough fat and also carbohydrate. If you're living off of chicken breast and broccoli, then chances are that's not really going to help you. And also, you need to eat more over a consistent period of time. Not just when you feel like it, you need to actually give your body enough energy every single day. And did I mention the importance of fats? Yes, I did. And I'm going to mention it again. You need to eat fats. And I see a lot of people with eating disorders who think they are eating so much fat because they have a tiny bit of peanut butter on their bread or they might fry with like a tiny drop of oil. No, this is not enough. You need to get in a lot of fat. And then I know a lot of people are going to be like, okay, I'll go have some avocado and some chia seeds and all of that. I would actually say that probably the healthiest thing you can do mentally and physically is to have some, you know, some cookies with milk, full fat milk, or have some chocolate, have some cake, you know, because then you are not only are you getting, you know, fats from the food, but you're also mentally challenging yourself. Popping in some avocado in your salad is probably not going to be a very big challenge, right? So I encourage you to kind of have two birds in one stone. I think that's the expression. Hit two birds in one stone. Kind of brutal. Encourage you to do that. And then the third box, and this is one that a lot of people just conveniently miss out on. You need to rest. So if you are someone who are, you know, weight restored, you're in like a good weight for your body and you're eating a lot, but you are running around exercising, then you may not experience getting your period back. And this is where so many people are stuck because they're like, oh, but I'm eating enough. You know, my weight is good. I'm feeling fine. Why am I not getting my period back? And then I ask them, okay, so how's your movement? And they are running or they're going to the gym. They're really, really active. 
And this can feel confusing because, you know, we're being taught, you know, movement is healthy. And I don't necessarily think movement is a bad thing, but it's just that right now your body is thinking that, oh my God, there is a famine going on. You know, I'm running around. There is unsafe environment. You need to give your body full rest. And also if the thought of giving your body full rest, which you know is physically very healthy for your body when you are not getting a period, if that is something that gives you a lot of anxiety, I think it also should be time to reevaluate your relationship with exercise. So overall, these are the three things that you need to look at and get sorted if you don't have your period and you're looking to get it back. And I just want to say once again that someone may experience getting their period back even though these three boxes are not sorted yet. That does happen. That does not mean that you shouldn't sort out, you know, the boxes, if that makes sense. You know, if you are someone who is excessively exercising uh, but you still have your period, it doesn't mean that you can just continue excessively disordered exercise. Or if you're someone who not yet weight restore to your body and you know it, but you still you have your period back, that doesn't mean that you should stop the weight gain. So again, this, this little triad is more something, the three things that I present to people when they come to me with period loss. These are the three areas to look at. And sometimes people have none of those three areas sorted, but oftentimes they actually have like one or two of the areas sorted and therefore they assume that, mm, well, I, I, you know, I, I should be fine by now. Where's my period? And also as like a fourth little bonus, bonus box to tick is time. Getting your period back does not happen necessarily a week into recovery. I mean, it might, but that doesn't mean recovery is over either, right? It can take some time for your period to come back. So I think the key is to find that balance between being patient and being aware that it might take a little bit of time. But also don't come to a point where you get super comfortable with not having your period and you're just assuming, oh, I will come one day and then years pass, right? I want to go back to the rest part a little bit because this is such an important one. Because so many people in recovery from eating disorders, because they are, you know, they're eating quite a sufficient amount and they're, you know, their body is at a healthy weight for them. They think that they can just jump into exercise again, even though they haven't gotten their period back. And also, even if they have gotten their period back, they might not be mentally ready for it, but they still jump into it. Don't do that. But yeah, there is an underestimation over how important rest is when it comes to recovery. Unfortunately, period loss is something that does happen sometimes to athletes who don't necessarily have eating disorders. Just because they are exercising so much that their bodies are not able to menstruate. Even though they're eating a lot, even though they know they are at a good weight for their bodies, they still are not able to menstruate. And I know I mentioned this briefly in the previous episode because I got a question about, you know, the consequences of not having a period. Is it bad? Uh, Short answer, yeah, it is bad. (laughs) And I was basically saying how devastating it is, how many athletes who experience, you know, period loss, but they aren't properly informed about the consequences in terms of, you know, how it affects your bone density, because here's the thing, not having your period is negatively affecting your bone density, which can lead to osteopenia and osteoporosis. Osteoporosis is irreversible. Basically, your bones are really weak and break easily. So imagine, for instance, you are a promising young ballerina, right? And you are, you know, 
feeling healthy you might not even have an eating disorder or anything like that but then you are having an accident like you fall at training and then you're you break your leg and you're a little bit like wow I broke my leg but that was not really a bad fall and the people around you might be a bit like oh you broke your leg for that and then you know you go to hospital and then they find out oh whoops you have osteoporosis you cannot dance anymore because your bones are too fragile it's absolutely devastating, but this is how a lot of promising young athletes have had their careers ended early. And this could have been prevented if they had taken the period loss seriously earlier. Period loss is never something to be normalized, okay? And I've spoken about this before, but I had a very unfortunate experience with my doctor when I had period loss from an eating disorder. Uh, yeah, I went to the doctor and doctor essentially told me that was nothing to worry about, even though I had, hadn't had my period for, you know, quite a few months, almost a year. And then thankfully, I had a new doctor that was at like an eating disorder clinic. And she said, hmm, your doctor is wrong. Let's give you a bone density scan. And turns out a year without my period was enough to give me osteopenia, which was pre-osteoporosis. At that time, I was like 18, 19 or something, and I literally had the bone density of an old woman. Thankfully, in my case, it hadn't yet developed into full-fledged osteoporosis, so I was able to reverse it. I still don't know if it is completely normal or not. I did a follow-up scan, I think a year or two later, where it was better, but it wasn't, you know, as good as it should be, right? It wasn't completely, you know, at the optimal range. It was still in the lower end. So please, please, please take this seriously, okay? And also stop postponing. Because you know I said the thing with patience, that patience is important when it comes to getting back your period. That is absolutely true, but I also see some, let's say, what can I call it? Cognitive dissonance in people in recovery. Or people who might say they're in recovery, but they haven't really moved the needle in any direction. They've kind of just been in quasi recovery for years. I hear people basically saying, oh, my future children, this and that. And then they are literally haven't had their period in many years and they are not taking active steps to get it back. So remember, nothing changes if nothing changes. Do yourself a favor and take this seriously now. Don't wait until you are in a hospital bed because you broke your leg from a tiny minor fall that most people would barely get a bruise from. Don't wait until you are sitting there at the fertility clinic. Okay, I know that was kind of some tough love, but I think some of you need to hear it. Focus on sorting out every bit of the holy triad of, you know, weight restoration, rest and food. Don't kid yourself, you know, you can try and be sneaky. Oh, but I'm resting, but you're actually doing, you know, suddenly realizing you needed to redecorate the entire house and you're running around the house, running errands all day, not sitting down. That is not rest. Or you might be like, oh, but I'm eating so much. But you know that your weight is not moving. Or you know that even though your weight is moving, you're still in starvation mode and clearly need to eat more to restore your metabolism and give your body enough energy to actually get your period back. Or you might be like, oh, but I'm eating so much fat because you had half an avocado for breakfast. It's not enough. 
Or you might be like, oh, but I'm fine. My weight is fine. Just because you just hit the healthy clinical BMI, even though you know that that is not healthy for you and you know that you need to gain more to get to full recovery. Okay, guys, that was a gentle call out done with a lot of love. And another thing that I wanted to talk about when it comes to periods is how periods can affect your hunger and mood. And this is an interesting one, you know, because I talk a lot about how extreme hunger is a common and temporary part of recovery. But the truth is, a lot of us experience some extent of extreme hunger before our periods. I'm about to get my period right now. And I know that because I have been extraordinarily hungry and extraordinarily tired. And I literally, yesterday, I went to KFC and then to McDonald's because I was still hungry, right? And then I had some cheesecake and some ice cream. So if you are someone who's in recovery and you, you're past the point of extreme hunger, but you haven't quite gotten your period back and you just suddenly find yourself being extremely hungry out of nowhere, and you might also notice that you're a little bit moody, maybe a little bit tired, your breasts might feel quite tender, it could be a sign that your period is on its way. And also one thing that people notice uh, before their period or during the first day or few days of the period is that their skin might, you know, break out a little bit. And here is what the eating disorder will often tell you. The eating disorder will tell you that your skin is breaking out because you had that cheesecake, right? Because very often before our periods or during like the first day or days of our period, we tend to crave foods such as, you know, chocolate, pizza, these type of foods, you know, especially chocolate is something we, a lot of us seem to crave. And then we also experience that we might get a little bit of a breakout and then this breakout is of course caused by the hormonal changes, you know, because we're getting a period. There's like hormonal things going on, which makes our skin break out. But then instead we blame the chocolate. I just wanted to get that out there because I see this again and again and again with people eating disorders where they would be like, chocolate breaks me out. And then when you ask them, so when do you eat chocolate? Oh, I always eat chocolate before my period. And then it's like, could it be that the, you, maybe it is your period breaking you out, not the chocolate, right? And last but not least, irregular cycles. So I see a lot of people with eating disorders who might not completely lose their period, but their cycles are really irregular. This is also a sign that, you know, what I mentioned with the, the holy triad, right? That you need to look into these things. Look into, are you resting? Are you eating enough? Are you actually at a weight that is healthy for your body? And then there are some people who, you know, they might be fully recovered and the triad, you know, they're, they're, everything is sorted. They're resting, they're eating enough, they're at a good weight and they still can't get their period back. And I'm not a gynecologist, so I can't go in and diagnose you with this and that. But, you know, there could, of course, be other reasons why you don't have your period. That, that is a possibility, you know. There exist other reasons than eating disorders for period loss. And especially if you have recently come off the pill, then it might also take some time before your period get fully back and normalized. And another question I get asked quite a lot is, oh, I have lost my period, should I go on the pill to get it back? And if you have lost your period due to an eating disorder, going back on the pill might give you a little bit of like a false security because you have the bleedings, but you don't really know if your body is, you know, able to menstruate. So it can kind of conceal the symptoms a bit, right? And I can understand there are benefits to being on the pill as well, right? 
but it can also give you, you know, a false security and maybe not give you the chance to find out, hey, is my body actually healthy? Am I resting enough? Am I eating enough? Am I, you know, at a good way for my body? So just make sure you're not just jumping on the pill and then assuming that you are fine. Menstruation is a powerful health indicator. It's a powerful sign, you know, that things are not the way they should be when you don't have your period. And it's not a sign that should be ignored. If you want more information on periods, I did a recovery talk on letsrecover.co.uk Instagram account. I did it with Danny Van Kay. And it is an hour talk where we are talking everything period related and also offer some practical tips. So feel free to check that out as well. It is on the letsrecover.co.uk Instagram account and it is under Instagram lives. So click recovery talk lives under the IGTV button. And now to today's listener question. And the listener question goes, is it normal to feel exhausted during recovery? Even everyday tasks are too much. And the answer is yes, this is completely normal. I tend to call this recovery fatigue simply because it is such a normal phenomenon in recovery that so many people experience. Some have it for a short time, some people have it for a long time. So when you are in the depths of, you know, restriction and your eating disorder, you tend to kind of run on adrenaline and stress hormones, right? So you're not actually allowing yourself to rest, even though your body is desperately needing it. Because your body goes in survival mode. It is detecting famine and it's detecting danger. In the same way that if you were chased by a bear, you're suddenly going to get a boost of energy, even if you didn't sleep that night. And then when you enter recovery and you're giving yourself more food, then you're giving yourself more rest, your body is realizing, oh, I don't have to, you know, run around on this adrenaline. I can actually rest. So that fatigue you feel is actually a kind of a delayed reaction to that, you know, starvation and famine that you've been in. And it's so crucial that you allow yourself to rest. You're not going to feel that tired forever. No, you are not becoming lazy or anything like that. You're literally just experiencing a completely normal biological reaction to famine. So for God's sake, let yourself rest. Your poor body really, really needs it. This is a topic I might talk a little bit more in depth about later because we don't have that much time right now. Uh, but yeah, it is very common and been there, done that, to put it mildly. <laughs> and the only way to get out of it is to go through it. You need to rest. Anyways, guys, I hope this episode was helpful. I hope you enjoyed and I will see you guys again next week.